All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner. I'm Bobby Bancroft, and I'm joined today by Marcus Helton. From He's the editor-in-chief of dmvelite.com, and you can find him on Twitter at Marcus Helton. Marcus, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Appreciate you having me. Yeah, no, it's great to have you. Um, you know, it's obviously been a crazy time. Speaking of that, how have you and your family and DMV elite sort of adjusted that we're now in, this is like the third month of the different, you know, the living <laughs> under the pandemic. Right. Right. I mean, it's a process. I, I mean, it's something new every week, it seems like. And, and now I think everyone's kind of in a, in a pattern um, where they're just waiting to see what we can do and when we can do it. Um, I know some other states have opened up uh, further down South um, yeah. as far as basketball events. For us, we're still just trying to see, you know, <laughs> what we might be able to do and when, uh, when we'll have a facility and the availability to do it. Um, so it's just one of those things where you just kind of take it day by day, week by week, and we're all trying to figure out uh, what comes next. It's definitely going to be different. Yeah, I have no idea, and I can't even give any 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 real good guesses. But, well, you know, wanted to have you on to talk, Georgetown basketball, local recruiting, all that kind of stuff. But before we kind of dive into Hoyas, can you kind of tell everyone that isn't familiar about DMV Elite and, you know, sort of how long you've been there and how everything got started? Uh, sure. I, I joined in 2010. Uh, DMV Elite, we, we do uh, media and events for, um, you know, middle school and mainly high school age kids um, trying to help provide exposure, help them get to the college level. Uh, it, I joined in 2010 prior to me coming on board. They'd done a couple of events. They didn't really have any kind of uh, media presence. So Chris Lawson, the gentleman who's our CEO, he um, pretty much handed me the reins to put the media together and, and build it how I wanted. And uh, we've been going 10 years strong now. Um, until my background is in journalism. I was a you know newspaper sports writer for years. And uh, just, you know, that aspect of the game, being able to get out there and cover as many kids as possible and in an area as talented as this is, was a lot of fun. And uh, like I said, now we're going on 10 years strong and been able to see a, a lot of really talented players over the years. Yes. I think when, you know, I know that Showtime just had, I haven't had a chance to watch it. I don't have Showtime, but I know Showtime just had that documentary about PG County and what's in the water. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I haven't covered high schools in a long time, but I think anywhere in the country, if you think basketball recruiting, oh, and football recruiting, but definitely basketball recruiting, the DMV is where it's at. So speaking of that, yeah. so that's why I wanted to have you on. So I got two big reasons why I thought I got to get Marcus on Kente Corner. One, the first one is Georgetown's bringing in a six-man class. They're actually bringing in eight new players. They've got two grad transfers coming in in the fall, assuming there is a fall. I'm just going to assume mm -hmm. that there is a season. Okay, so they're bringing in two grad transfers, but six-man freshman class, which is their biggest freshman class since the 91, since the fall 91. And what almost sort of seems impossible to me is that none of the kids are local. Um, yeah. And as someone like you at DMV elite and you're out there, you're, you know, you're seeing everything. Is that, how surprising is that for you that a place like Georgetown has not been able to connect with the local kids to bring in at least one in the, this six man class? Uh, it, it's a surprise. Uh, definitely. Um, 
like getting back to what I was mentioning earlier, like just the depth of talent in this area. I think yeah. for some of the local schools, it's kind of a a blessing and a curse. Um, okay. Because when you don't when you don't pick up any local guys, everyone kind of looks at it like there's all this talent around. What are you doing? Um, but I think some of them like it's hard with schools like you know Georgetown and Maryland. Um, th- there's that local uh, tie for a lot of the kids, but for a lot of kids too, I think you're in a situation where they grew up, these are the local schools and they just kind of take it for granted and want to go see what else is out there. So yeah, um, it, it it is a surprise that they haven't picked up anyone. Uh, it's definitely not <laughs> something I think is sustainable. I don't think you can really be successful without recruiting this area. Um, but and that, I, that I goes for it, like other places too, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so speaking but, but of like, that, so like, when, go okay, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. So to be fair to the current staff at Georgetown, um, Terrence Williams was set to come on, and then Georgetown right. had a bit of an exodus in the fall. I guess it was probably maybe the winter by that point. So they had locked in probably one of the better recruits from the area. Um, now he ended up not. Maybe you can you can kind of explain it better than I maybe know it. He had verbaled, and he was like a you know a hard verbal, but he didn't sign when he could have correct. And I remember when he didn't do that, thinking that's not really the warm fuzzy I think Georgetown fans are looking for. <laughs> but is that something that more of the high major, the really talented kids are kind of doing to leave themselves with options in case there's an instance like where Georgetown has you know four kids transfer in the middle of the year. Yeah, I believe so. I think a lot more guys um, nationally are doing that, especially at that um, elite level. A lot of guys are just kind of leaving themselves, yeah. you know, some wiggle room. You don't want to lock yourself in. And, and uh, I can understand that, like, if, if I was a fan, I could understand why that would be um, disheartening or why you'd be like, this guy's not all on board. But, you know, the kids got to look out for <laughs> for themselves, too. At the Absolutely. End. Coaches bail all the time, and, you know, then you're sort of stuck yeah. – possibly where you know you're at a place where the those coaches didn't actually recruit you right right i mean i understand the need for that early early signing period uh me personally if i was a kid who was in that position i'd probably would i'd wait until later yeah you just never know how things are going to are, are going to uh are going to you know come down especially that that late in the season and so the second reason and this could just be a kid being a kid. So everyone knows, well, I'm, everyone doesn't know, but okay. So five-star center from DeMatha, Hunter Dickinson, who's going to Michigan. Um, right, he sent right. out a tweet a little less than a week ago saying, and I'll, I'll just, I'll just read it here. Imagine if the two high major programs in the DMV actually recruited kids in this area for basketball, they'd be top five in the country every year. So I wanted to see two things is this an actual feeling that you kind of get from being out there and being at all these events? Is this kind of what a lot of kids are feeling? Or is this maybe an example of a senior in high school having the ability to just tweet out whatever he thinks? I'm glad that Twitter was not a thing when I was in high school. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think it's more of the latter. Uh, I, I, I like kind of enjoy talking to him. I think he was just kind of uh, shooting off the top of the head there. Um, I don't know if it's I, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's completely fair um, <laughs> for either of the local schools. Like I said, you get back to that thing where uh, kids in this area um, 
you know, grew up, these schools are here all the time, Maryland and Georgetown, and they have their histories. But for kids Hunter's age and, you know, in his generation, that's not really, it doesn't really mean a lot to them. You know right. what I mean? Like, um, you talk about Georgetown's glory days. Um, you know, Maryland's glory days are a little bit more recent than that, and, and they've had some success. But, you know, the 80s, 90s, early 2000s doesn't mean anything to, the, to those kids. Um, and so, I mean, I, I understand, and I get – I understand why people say that, you know, if if you just, oh, why don't you just stay here and recruit all the kids here? Like, but it, like I said, it, it's not that simple. Like some of those kids want to go anywhere, everywhere else. Um, you're in competition with basically the, the entire country is coming here to get players. Um, it's not as simple as just saying, hey, we're Georgetown, we're Maryland, come play for us because you're, you're from here. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think if, if that were the case now, I think some Georgetown, there was some Georgetown chatter about this because he names both, you know, he says high majors, which obviously, you know, that that's doesn't include GW. Um, the A-10 mm. is a very good conference. You know, you can obviously accomplish things out of there, but it, the way that he phrased his tweet, it seemed like it was a shot at Maryland and Georgetown. And if you look on, you know, if we believe the 24 seven page, you know, it looks like Maryland did recruit him. They did offer him a scholarship. So that's where right. some people from Georgetown are taking it as like, well, maybe he's just talking about us. Do you, do you know anything about sort of Georgetown's involvement or at least scouting of him or was he never really part of, part of what, you know, you, what, you know, was he, was he never really like an active uh, possibility? Yeah. As far as I know, they didn't really make a, a serious run at him. Um, okay. I'm not sure why, but again, like, I don't want to speak for, uh, yeah, of course. His staff. I don't know what. Yeah, no, I don't no, know no. what it was that they saw. And I mean, there's a lot of guys you can say that about. Um, I know, like getting back to the talent in this area, um, it's one of those things where, when I mentioned earlier, it's a kind of a blessing and a curse to be have all these guys around you. When when you don't offer a kid or or take a shot at a kid, and then he pans out, like that miss is even more pronounced. Um, like, you can't recruit everybody. I, I I don't know exactly what the thought process behind not really going at Hunter Woods because I think he can play in that league and any other league. Sure. Um, but uh, I'm just not, I'm not sure what their uh, thought process was behind that. Yeah, no, I was just, I was just curious if, if you had any sort of, you know, you're at a game and you notice all the Georgetown assistants are there. Of course they could be there because every game he plays in is a game where there's tons of recruits, right? So <laughs> yeah, definitely true. true. <laughs> yeah. I, I, know, I know for a fact that they saw it. Yes, yes, yes. George, Georgetown yeah. was definitely where that Hunter Dickinson existed. <laughs> um, and, you know, they brought they they brought in three freshman centers last year, including a local kid, Cutis Wahab, who had a pretty good freshman year. So, yep, yep. you know, and they're also on many centers going forward, including Dikembe's son. So, so yeah, so that, that was just kind of one of those tweets where, because he's, you know, he's definitely a big time player. Um, and you know, Terrence Williams, that's where he decided to join up with him, you know, so there's mm -hmm. sort of a lot of just connections there. So, so going into Georgetown's dry period here, and you said you got to DMV elite in 2010. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So right around then Georgetown had been rolling in the local recruits and everything was going well. You know, they had been in a 2007 final four. There had been a return to glory. Um, I think particularly right. the fright or I'm sorry, the Freeman Wright class was something that signified, wow, like 
they just picked up two local five stars, like a kid from DeMath that hadn't been there in forever. And they got Mikel Hopkins a couple years later. Um, right. It's been, it's been kind of dry since then. And I want to see if, if, if you think there's any sort of, can, there's, there's anything that connects because we're, we're talking two different coaching staffs. So numerous assistants, you had John Thompson, the third, now it's been Pat. He's going into his fourth season. Um, is there anything that sort of connects that or is that just that it's just too much there's too many players involved there and I, by players i mean the coaches to have any sort of there's a theme or there's anything you can kind of connect right i mean i think you know when jt3 was there and then the whole you know the whole consensus that everyone outside the program had was oh man they can't win running this this offense um they're running yeah. offense and they're never going to get players to come there and play um, we still had some success. And then, you know, when they moved on, I think people kind of thought, oh, okay, now they're going to modernize things here a little bit, uh, play a little bit more wide open and um, kids are going to love that. And, and that hasn't really panned out that way either. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, a, I don't think you can connect. Um, definitely not the staffs. Um, right. It's hard to really, it's hard to really say what the, the issue has been. I mean, obviously they, they play in a competitive league, um, you know, Villanova in this time has kind of just gone on to another, moved to another stratosphere, um, yeah. kind of become one of the elite programs. So it's not like you can't, it's not like the league is holding them back. You know what I mean? Um, so it's it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I, I think, okay, so you brought up two pretty good things there. One is that notion that they were negatively recruited against because they used an offense that was Princeton heavy at first. And then it was always Princeton principles. That was the idea that right. the guards weren't coming because of that. The fact that, you know, they didn't put a guard into the NBA. Chris Wright played, I think on a couple 10 day contracts, but they didn't consistently put anybody there. So that was kind of like, you know, we could say myth one. The other one though, is a lot of Georgetown fans who I know will be listening to this. You talked about Villanova and. Mm-hmm. There does seem, you know, I think if most if most longtime Georgetown fans would sort of point to one specific thing and say, "Oh my gosh, that's where it, that was where it turned, that's where it changed," I know it was a long time ago. The recruitment of Josh Hart is something that, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that just and at the time, I think this is about the time where I'm. I think I met you at a couple, a couple um, high school basketball events. I was I was doing some some local recruiting for a national uh, site that didn't really take off, but it was fun. But I remember being at I want to say like a Gonzaga tournament and Sidwell friends and talking to him and his coach for a long time. And from covering Georgetown games, he, they were always at the games. I know it's been a long time. Was that was that a surprising recruitment that he did not end up there? Uh, yeah, I think. He was surprised. I think his coach was surprised. Just from, everyone was kind of surprised that they didn't show like a higher level of interest in um, in him. And then you know, kind of doubling, which makes it even more worse was you know the fact that him and uh, Chris Jenkins left this area and ended up at Villanova. Ended up having success there. It's just the double whammy of now everyone's looking at how are these kids here in your own backyard and you didn't get either of them, and they moved on to Villanova of all places. And, yeah. and led them to success. So, Hart, I think, is... I, I, is I remember being per- surprised. 
I think Hart particular, I can I can actually picture myself interviewing Chris Jenkins, and at the time, it was like Rutgers, Miami. This is before Miami kind of became better under Laranega. Um, I think they went oh. through a period where they weren't as good, but. Yeah, Chris Jenkins, I think most people kind of give you a pass. He ended up being a phenomenal college basketball player, as we all know, right, game-winning right. No, NCAA yeah, tournament yeah, shot. But that that one, you can probably be like, hey, you know what, those things happen. But the Josh Hart one, I think, is where most people are just like – because I think at the end it was San Diego State, Georgetown, and Villanova. And I really feel – and maybe I'm remembering it wrong that it was just like he's going to Georgetown. He fits in for the Princeton. He's kind of like a point forward. Mm-hmm. you know no yeah i understand yeah yeah uh, i agree i agree yeah with the, uh, chris you kind of understand a little bit more with josh um i really just don't this from what i remember i really just don't think they they made a hard enough run at him like didn't make him feel as wanted as villanova did yeah no i mean there's that's usually it's yeah. you know a lot of times it's as you know it's the assistant coach too um yeah maybe maybe even more so. And then the other kind of, I'll say myth too, or reason too, that people would sort of blame Georgetown's struggling recruiting was facilities. And mm-hmm. they've got, I don't, I don't, I'm sure you've been to the Thompson center. If you haven't, you need to go. They have the Thompson center. now. Right. It opened up before the 2016, 17 season. And that really, I don't think has borne the fruit that, Georgetown was was hoping I mean I know it's it's not just a men's basketball thing but at the time that was like look we're getting into you know the arms race of facilities we don't have major college football but now we've got this thing we've got our tradition we've got all that stuff and now we've got this thing to be like look it's not McDonough which I know I I know you've been to McDonough right it's a lot nicer than that and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, it goes without saying, but is it a little bit surprising? Or when you talk to kids, do they say things like facilities? Or is it just, I built a great relationship with, you know, assistant coach X, and I had a great time on my visit. And they, you know, they see me like, is the facilities really a big thing? Because you're almost kind of seeing with Georgetown that maybe it's not. Right. I, I, honestly, I think it's more about relationships than facilities. I mean, these kids are used to um, especially, you know, the elite level, high level kids that, you know, Georgetown is looking at. Um, these kids are used to, they, they've been traveling all over the place for AAU. They've been on official and unofficial visits to con- places all over the country. Um, I, I really don't know if, you know, your gym being a little bit nicer is swaying them. You know what I mean? It comes down yeah. to relationships with kids, uh, relationships with coaches and um what they see going on in the program. Will this program get me to the next level beyond this? And I mean, right now, Georgetown is not showing anybody they can do that. You know, and I, I'm not sure um, whether that all falls on, you know, the system or facilities or recruitment, but, you know, or combination of all those factors. But I just think they're kind of in a period where they're just kind of treading water. You know what I mean? Yes, I do know what you mean. Um, I'm not out there. You're out there. I follow you on Twitter. Great Twitter follow. Are the Georgetown who are the who are the main assistants that you're seeing locally besides Pat? I feel like people are tweeting Pat is you know he's out there, he's you know putting in the work. Um, 
do you see them at the same amount of events that you're seeing, you know, for instance, Villanova staff, Maryland staff, like, are they, would you say that they're doing their due diligence locally? Uh, I mean, I, I see uh, Akbar. Um, okay. You know, I see him out of the events. Um, for the most part, if, if Pat's not there, then uh, Akbar is the one I see. Uh, Maryland, I see everywhere. Um, I just kind of know those guys a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's hard. Yeah, like those are the only two I, I really see. I, I, I know Coach Orr. Um, I just haven't seen him out a lot. But that could that doesn't really mean anything. It's not. A really I think I think Orr does a lot of the South and maybe a little bit of the Midwest. It seems like based on some of the kids that are recruiting and, or I'm sorry, some of the kids that are that are committing and you know who they say is is after them. Right. Right. But no, to, yeah, to be perfectly honest, I, I don't see them out a ton. Um, they, they might be somewhere else. They might be recruiting, you know, somewhere else nationally. But you know, when I'm at local games, I I might see one or two, but not to the extent that I see, um, you know, Maryland's guys out or some of the other local schools guys out. Okay, and that's that's kind of a good a good segue into kind of going back to Hunter's tweet about you know Maryland and Georgetown. I'm going to be honest. I don't pay attention to recruiting as much as I used to. Is Maryland doing a better job or are they also kind of, because I mean, obviously in the last five years, they've had better on-court success than Georgetown, but are they recruiting better locally than Georgetown as well? Um, I'd say so. I mean, if you ask Maryland fans, they might disagree because <laughs> they've had uh, issues with transfers. And I mean, once those get, they get those guys in, some of them haven't been staying. Okay. But for the most part, when it comes to offers, um, like just today, for example, they've offered four, um, four really good local kids uh, today. You know, Cam Whitmore from Spalding, off the top of my head, uh, Paul Lewis from Bishop O'Connell, um, Rodney Rice, who was at Bullis and, and transferred to Damatha. So I mean, they're they've been active. Um, I haven't like this is not to slight Georgetown. I just haven't yeah. turned them in on anyone yet today. Um, this is the first day that the class of 2022 kids could get offered or could get contacted by coaches I mean and uh, I just haven't seen anything yet today that doesn't mean that they're not doing something behind the scenes but none I haven't I haven't really seen anything uh out in the open so far now so okay so to let everyone know this is this is Monday June 15th and it'll probably be posted later today that's my goal um so last or I'm sorry I guess earlier today at 1201 I suppose so basically, at that point, coaches could text twenty twenty kids. Yeah, this I'm sorry, twenty twenty two. Yeah, twenty twenty two. Yeah, so this was the first; those uh, rising juniors, sophomores turned into juniors. This is the first uh, time that they could, you know, reach out and have actual contact with them. Um, so, if you're on Twitter today, you're probably seeing a boatload of kids announcing offers, and uh, there's gonna that's gonna be going on all week. And just from the couple bef- I've seen so far, Maryland, Maryland's just been has been really active early. And b- so before today, like last week, if you're on a 2022 kid, that's just what's sort of been the interaction that you could have with them. Besides, you could have seen them play at Peach Jam last year, or like all that stuff. But what right, was the level of involvement? Or, uh, talking to maybe high school coach, you couldn't contact the kid directly. Okay. But now you can reach out and actually. <laughs> say i want to offer you so okay okay so 
that leads me perfectly into the current kids. So the 2021 class, we're, you know, we're kind of already pretty far into that. Although the summer is going to be different. I, I don't think there's any EYBL events. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. And there's no, no Nike events. Uh, Under Armour's canceled theirs and Adidas. So all of the big shoe sponsored events are off the table and everyone's trying to figure out what's, what to do in the meantime. So as far as locally, that's been on my radar. I saw that Benny Williams of Episcopal, he had Georgetown and Maryland in his top four. He's going to Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Ike Cornish. So do you, what, how do you guys consider Baltimore with the whole DMV elite? Uh, we cover Baltimore. We cover Baltimore. We, okay. we do the whole state of Maryland. So yeah, I, I'm familiar with Ike. Okay. Um, so and that's we have, sort of... And, uh, we were, go ahead. I was going to say that's that's sort of one of, one of the things I've been a big you know local recruiting local recruiting and I always in, I always include Baltimore in that I think the tricky part is with Virginia because you know like for instance where Matt McClung is um, who just you know obviously transferred from Georgetown people will say well they had a local kid McClung you're like you know Madison Square Garden's closer <laughs> than where he went to high school <laughs> yeah yeah Matt McClung is not local at all yeah thank you okay <laughs> people see the Virginia yeah. Yeah, sure. people see the Virginia in. Right. I mean, Virginia is part of the DMV, but not that part. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so those are two local kids that are kind of off the board. Would you say at this point, it's more moving towards the kids that could just start getting text messages, the 2022 kids? I know, for example, Georgetown's been on Quincy Allen. Um, mm-hmm. And then I know we were we were talking earlier, there was a kid that popped up that I can't believe, Harrisonburg, Virginia ties, which I don't think we would have rec- count that as the dmv elite but uh tyler nickel down there near old right, old uh, harrisonburg right right yeah I've heard, I've heard his name pop up um otherwise locally i, I mean uh are you familiar with jordan hawkins from Damantha? yeah okay i mean i know that they had an offer on him I, I don't know how hard they've been going at him but i i know he had an offer okay um there's a couple other kids, um, you know, Brandon Murray from Baltimore Poly. He, he's doing a prep year down at IMG. So he's Speak, uh, yes. went from 2020 to 2021. Okay, yeah. sorry. Just a real real quick sidebar on that. I've never seen a recruitment go that way where he had a top six and he picked IMG. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think at that point, like, his recruitment kind of picked up um, so quickly th- this year. Like, he, had a, he had a breakout senior year, and I think he just got to the point where he – Wanted another some more time to see, you know, what could come from it. Okay, I think right. I think no, Georgetown fans were really looking for that one mm-hmm. because of his yeah. list. You know, you said he had kind of breakout year on, on his list. Georgetown was absolutely the most high profile team and like you know the best kind of a conference. And I think the fans were kind of a little bit, wow, you know, kids are picking high schools now. <laughs> <laughs> No, I understand that. Yeah, I can understand that frustration. But I think, like from, I think he he just saw his recruitment trending upward and wanted another year to see how high it could trend, which I, I understand. So this is the Georgetown podcast. Austin Freeman and Chris Wright are just starting a podcast. I didn't get a chance to listen to it yesterday. Austin Freeman and I'm hoping to get them on. I've played. I've been back and forth trying to trying to. Trying to trying to get them to come on, but how much do you think Austin Freeman being part of Dematha helps a school like Georgetown, or just you know, just in general, when you get a former player like that that gets on a as part of a staff? I believe he's part of the staff, right? 
Uh, I can't remember what Austin's role over there is. Yeah, I I don't want to I don't want to misspeak and say he's insistent that he's not, but I feel like he's doing something there. Hmm. But yeah, how? I'll have to check on that. But yeah, I think important... it, I think it helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I think it helps a lot when you can when uh, I mean if I'm a kid at Damascus and I can see that this guy went from here and went to Georgetown and was able to have success. Um, I think that's big. That's big for them. And then Georgetown can point to, hey, this kid is from your program as well. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, a guy who went to Damascus can look at another kid and say, hey, um, I went to Georgetown and they take care of their guys. I think that goes a long way. Now, I'm going to wrap this up. And I know you don't do a whole lot of, well, I'm not saying your site doesn't, but I I, I don't think you. I was actually excited to see you tweeting some Northern Virginia boys basketball the public schools right yeah yeah so, yeah i get out there oh yeah i know i saw i was like okay here we go it's big time now <laughs> so as as a lake braddock alum and lake braddock has sent one kid to georgetown he was a ramel ross was a freshman when i was a senior and he ended up playing for estrick and i think his fifth year was under jt3 mm-hmm. just the idea of kids like that going to high majors and i say this because so the last couple of years, my family, we've been going to as many games as we can. I don't have any great contacts over there. The coach, when I was there, became the athletic director, and now he's since retired. But you had, as your freshman of the year for Virginia, you had Jamie Kaiser, who yeah, yeah. I, from day one, so last year, just to, I know everyone's going to really care about this, but last year they had a really good freshman, David Solomon, and yep. they, they made the Virginia State final. They lost. And I was a little bit surprised that he came back. I thought just kind of knowing what I know, like, oh, that seems like a kid that might end up, you know, at some private school. So a kid, a kid like Kaiser, a kid like Solomon, kids like that that have really good freshman years. What is what's what kind of decisions do they have to make going into their sophomore year? And what's that sort of like? Uh like, do as you think a kid like that's that automatically going to be recruited by local prep by local prep schools? Hmm. It, it kind of depends on um, situation. Like a kid like uh, David Solomon, I was kind of yeah. surprised as well. Um, okay, just because Virginia has certain kind of limitations to the number of out of conference games they can play, the number of games total they can play. So when you're evaluating um, you know, Virginia public school talent, you got to take all this kind of stuff into, into consideration. But I definitely believe that, you know, you could stay at a school like Lake Braddock and end up at a high major level. Okay. I mean, in this day and age, uh, if you can play, they'll find you. Um, I firmly believe that. Um, so, I mean, it's a tough, I understand why guys make the decision they want to go to a bigger place, like, you know, the prep school or something, get more exposure, play, you know, <laughs> 50 plus games that's crazy Um, that's crazy for me thinking yeah but uh, it's not the case for everybody i don't i don't think i know a lot of guys feel the pressure to do it um but i really don't believe they need to i think if you can play you and it's different this year obviously because there's no spring or summer basketball yeah but you know for a lot of guys i think you can continue to stay where you are for high school and then um use the spring and the summer as your platform to kind of be seen by more people. I don't think kids I, need to be pressured into leaving their public schools to go 
that's something I like to hear. Uh, you know, growing up, it seemed like South Lakes always did a good job of getting kids into into bigger schools. You know, like I said, Lake Lake Braddock. You know, Hubert Davis went to North Carolina. So when I was there, it was right. like, wow, Hubert played here. This is unbelievable. Um, Ramel ended up doing it. TC Williams has obviously done a great job over the years of you know, and they've they they've always had pretty good high for high profile coaches. Right. Um, but when you see those kids like that, you just wonder, and, you know, you know, going back to, to Kaiser, he seemed, it was like, wow, this, this kid's a freshman. And I thought the same thing last year with Solomon. I, I kind of started going to the games middle of the year and I knew they had a really good point guard who ended up playing football at Dayton. And he threw an alley-oop to, I was like, Oh, I didn't realize they had like a, a big man that was a senior. And I looked and I was right. like, I was like, well, this kid's not going to be like Braddock next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was cool to see him back. Like, like I said, I'm glad that uh, it worked out that way. It, it's always cool to to see guys, you know, go to their local public school and you know play with the guys they grew up with, and um, you can still have success that way. I know it's kind of trended toward the you know private school prep school model for a lot of guys, but. I want to say when I was in high school, the rule was you and you can tell me that this is wrong now. Let's say you are within a 50 mile radius of this D.C. area and like you like a kid from from we'll just use like Braddock could not transfer to DeMatha after a certain period of his schooling. Is that is that still a rule? Was was that ever a rule? I think that's changed a little bit. I, I had heard that I had heard that as well. Um, okay. Especially like you couldn't join the WCAC after was it sophomore year. I think, I think it changed. was like before your sophomore year started. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, they've got Rodney Rice, uh, who's coming in as a junior. Okay. Um, this year they had uh, Jordan Hawkins was at Gaithersburg High School. He he transferred in, you know, as a junior uh, this past season. So it's a. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the actual rule on paper or if it's not enforced or or what but you know that's obviously not not the only league um so just just to sort of end this i think you said it earlier how important do you think it is at some point that the local recruits do start to start showing up at georgetown for their long-term success when you look through the history obviously you know, Ewing's not from this area. I don't think we're going to count Iverson from being down in uh, Bethel as part of the DMV. They've always done a good job of getting some players, but the majority of their roster in times of success has always been a heavy dose of local flavor. Right. How important do you think that that's, that's going to be? Uh, it's very important. I think it needs to happen. Um, like I said, I, I don't think you can be successful in this area not recruiting the kids who are from here. Um, it doesn't help from a recruiting perspective, not from a fan perspective. If uh, people know that you don't, people feel like you don't have any interest in recruiting the guys in your backyard. Um, and maybe this year is just a one-off. Um, I don't know, and hopefully they get back to doing it next year. Hopefully that's the case. Uh, but I, th- I think it's very important. I mean, with all the talent in this area, you can find somebody. Um, just find who you want and go after them hard. <laughs> that's honestly the only advice I can <laughs> I can offer at this time. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's very important that they try to recruit this backyard. Well, I want to thank you for coming on, and I will definitely want to have you back 
the next time Georgetown signs one, signs one of these local kids that you, that you know all about over at DMV Elite, I want everyone to go to dmvelite.com. They do a great job over there. Marcus is at Marcus Helton on Twitter. Marcus, thanks a lot, man. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you. All right. I'll see you. All right. Sounds good.